podcast listeners. You are listening to a rather strange episode of The Long Journey Home. I am your host, Corbin Johnson, and it is Happy Pi Day. Pi Day is my favorite day of the year. But you don't care. It's the day Return to Grace came out. Calm's out. It's out. It's all out. We're out. I'm in here to talk about Return to Grace. I'm going to start a card-by-card review series. It's going to take five episodes because I'm going to review 12 cards at a time. Why? Technical limitations. Right. Maybe it gives me a chance to talk about each card in a little bit more depth because, frankly, this might be the most interesting second edition set to drop ever. It's It's no necessary evil, obviously, but it is full of intriguing cards that are very exciting. So we're going to listen to each card's text one by one for five episodes. After we listen to it, I'll spew my random rantings and ravings and reviews and thoughts and contemplations about each card, and we'll just do this for five episodes. So, because uh, if I do my math correctly, that's uh, 54 is uh, five point something divided by 12. And 12 is a magic number. Is it? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, I'm not a math major. All right, let's dive in to card number one. And uh, we're just going to go from the top here. Chain environment. Planet Dilemma cost for a chained environment, unless you have two diplomacy and two geology are cunning greater than three six, all your personnel are stopped, and if there are no other dilemmas on this mission, place this dilemma on this mission, add science to each of this mission's requirements, Akuta alone speaks to Val, I am the eyes and the voice of Val, it is Val's wish. Interesting. Well, first off, it's a planet dilemma. All right. That's fantastic. Uh, Fine. Uh, And this is part of the add science requirement dilemmas. Let's listen to it one more time so we can understand what the requirements are and what the consequences are for not having what you need. Planet Dilemma cost for a chained environment, unless you have two diplomacy and two geology are cunning greater than three six, all your personnel are stopped, and if there are no other dilemmas on this mission, place this dilemma on this mission, add science to each of this mission's requirements, Akuta alone speaks to Val, I am the eyes and the voice of Val, it is Val's wish. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, two diplomacy and two geology, or cunning greater than 36. We saw dilemmas like this with the or a certain number come out in the species related dilemma set, whatever that was. With there's the three that required one of the attributes, and I was. I wasn't a big fan of those. It seems like every time I throw one of those or every time I hit one of those, it just gets passed. You go past it because of the cunning greater than 36 requirement. So if you can for sure just, you know, it's four costs. So you're going to have to do some tricky stuff to make sure that there's, you know, very few people hitting this mission at the end. Or, or it might just be good against, you know, 
micro-teaming. Go six. Well, good luck. Ha <laughs> ha. Sucker. Or not. Uh, you know, personal duty plus the nth degree, which we'll get to soon enough, maybe that's a good, you know, combo for a six cost uh, of dilemmas. Or not. Uh, I mean, did you bring another science? Uh, so, science being irrelevant. I don't really know if that's true. Uh, I've noticed medical sometimes. Sometimes I don't need medical. But maybe, I don't know if science is not on where no man has gone before. It doesn't matter. It's a planet. That's a space dilemma. Anyway, uh, so why science? I, I guess I don't get it. I'm sure there is a good reason for it. And I, I think I've read that, you know, science was something you just didn't need in a deck. If that's the case, then here's at least a mildly interesting attempt at trying to make science relevant again. So uh, that's fine. The Cunningham 36 requirement, though, just just turns me off. So, uh, and it's cost four. Oh, you always have to just, uh, cost four. You really have to be invested in it. It's not true of the Chandra, so you know, but it requires a skill. So you know, uh, when I think cost four dilemmas, I'm like old feelings. I'm thinking Chula the Chandra. I'm thinking uh, even where No Man's Gone Before, I think, is cost four, you know. Uh, so we'll see. We will see. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be playing this dilemma, I don't think. Not unless something comes up. Plus, I mean, there's a ton of science and relativity. And that's where I'm coming from. Uh, a lot of the Federation affiliations seem to have a lot of science. I think Romulans do too. I just might be making stuff up. Whatever. Let's move on to our second dilemma. Chula the game. Dual dilemma cost zero. Chula. The game plays this dilemma on this mission. When a dilemma whose title begins with Chula is revealed here, randomly select one of your personnel attempting this mission to be stopped. When your personnel complete this mission, this dilemma is overcome. Choose their path. Double their peril. Double your winnings. Choose their peril. Double your winnings. Yeah, tool of the game. Zero cost dual dilemma. The first, I believe, second edition card to reference the title of a card, or at least a portion of a title in a card, which is uh, fascinating and has caused a little controversy, from what I understand. So, I don't know, I'm all for it, it's fine. So, a dilemma that starts with Chula, when it goes on, when it is revealed, randomly select personnel in this attempt to be stopped. So, this might be what Chula needs to see some play. Maybe to make a Chula-themed deck, and I'm sure people do it all the time. I've seen a Chula mix with heightened perception before, which makes a lot of sense to me. Chula may or may not hit. It's very random. It's very cheap. And since a lot of cards, you know, if you're if it hits, usually stops three guys, you know, about it seems what it is, but it doesn't always hit. And that's the problem. So, using this, you always get a hit. Someone gets stopped. But maybe that's good enough, you know. Truly game. Goes on top of the mission. Alright. Uh, so that didn't go under. It's not going under until after the mission's over. Cool. Uh, and then uh, pick one to save two or something, right? Uh, stop two people. If there were six guys and, you know, there's four left and the attribute requirement's high, then 
maybe that's good enough. And, uh, yeah, um, it's, you know, Chula's still a bit of a gamble. With Heightened Perception plus this, golden. But Heightened Perception is an event. It can be nerfed. And if it's nerfed right before you attempt your mission, then, ugh, such a killer. So I could see this as kind of a... Uh, as a fun thing for people to do. It, you know, it might be good. Uh, it doesn't consume anything, which is cool. The consumption itself kind of comes from the Chula's randomness and wanting to be sure that you won't get, uh, you won't, you know, I only threw two dilemmas, I should have thrown a third one, I definitely could have, you know. Uh, so that's what I worry about. Uh, if this might, maybe this will go well with McCoy and Shran, even though there are cards against that sort of thing right now. I don't think there's any persistent Chula dilemmas. So, uh, the you know, creative beaming or whatever, the uh, uh, transporter one um, will not will not save you here. Uh, you're, you're, you're going to have a hard time getting your dilemmas back if your opponent's playing with that card. Ingenious jury rig. There it is. So, I am intrigued by this card. Uh, maybe I'll make a Chula Pile. Maybe I will play Hide and Perception. Uh, we'll see. Uh, it's a fascinating card, and it's definitely interesting. So, all right. Uh, let's move on to the next one here. Chula Trickery. Dual Dilemma 2 Chula. Trickery randomly select three personnel. Unless those personnel have two officer or twelve different skills, all three are stopped. Over here. Hurry. Where's it coming from? Spread out. So another Chula Dilemma. You need two officer or 12 or more skills from three personnel. And, and the two officer have to be from the three personnel. So Klingons are going to get past this pretty well, I guess. Borg or not. Uh, not sure who this was targeted against. Uh, anyone but Klingons? They, they tend to have a lot of officer, if I'm not mistaken. Or Cardassians, uh, right? They, they have a lot of officer. So, yeah. Don't know what to think about this one. Seems like just another random Chula dilemma. All right. Uh, let's move on to Discommendation. Dual dilemma. Cost two. Discommendation. Randomly select three personnel. If any of those personnel is a left bracket clear right bracket personnel, they are all stopped. Otherwise choose one of those personnel to be stopped. Lore, you do not understand. His challenge was defeated before he ever made it. You will not be allowed to present this evidence. The judgment stands. You will be condemned. There is no other way now. The same old story all over again. Lovely lore. Alright. So... This is moral choice for Klingons. Just Klingons. And I think uh, everyone has heard the argument already that Federation with moral choice makes sense because there are so many Federation decks. Because there are so many different ways to play Federation. Klingons. There is one Klingon affiliation there are different playstyles for Klingon, I guess. They are a popular affiliation, 
But do the numbers justify having a card that is exactly, I'm pretty sure exactly the same as Moral Choice, except they replaced the Federation icon with a Klingon icon? At two cost? I guess it doesn't really matter at what cost this card is. I'm only going to stick one at most in my deck, in my, in my Dilemma Pile. Because if my opponent's not playing Klingon, this is a whiff. For two costs, you basically get to choose one guy to be stopped. I'm not excited about this card. Moral choice makes sense to me. So if your meta is Klingon heavy, yeah, sure, throw it in. But I'm just not seeing this as anything more than a meta choice card. Which, you know, that's fine. I guess, you know, cards like that are important. It makes sense. But it's just going to come down to you saying, is my is my opponent going to play Klingon? If so, better throw a bunch of these in. All right. Legal inflexibility. Planet Dilemma. Cost free. Legal inflexibility. Unless you have two transporters and strength greater than 3-2 or law, and cunning greater than 3-2, all your personnel are stopped. When this dilemma is overcome, if it was prevented, your opponent may choose one of your personnel involved in the mission attempt to be placed in your opponent's brig. Law. There can be no justice so long as laws are absolute. Cool. Planet Dilemma costs three. You need two transporters and strength greater than 32 or law and cunning greater than 32. I'm liking this. So, was it no, strength or cunning. Okay, fine. Good. You know, they didn't redo the problem of Gomtu, so, right. But, uh, two transporters. Transporters, I don't know how many times my ingenious jury rig whiffs. And I've got, I would say about half the time. Because, oh, I don't have transporters. What? You don't have transporters? It's like, come on. Seriously? Yeah, they don't, they don't have transporters. I, I never understand that. So, two transporters... I don't know. It seems like that's pretty good. Like, I don't know who's going to have two transfers. Law? Uh, we're, either way, we're talking about some rather uncommon skills here. And to boot, you need 32 of an attribute. So I'm liking this right off the bat. You know, planet. So, you know, you take the risk. It has to be at a planet. But... This is a, a, a beefy card to me. This seems like has a little oomph to it because of I need rare skills and you got to have a lot of guys. So if I throw this last, you're probably just not going to have the attributes. If I'm skill tracking you and you haven't played two transporters or law, I'll probably feel pretty good about just throwing this and that's fine. But it's at a planet, so you might dual team. You might have a crew above, a crew below. So it's, it might... If you have played the Transporters in Law, then I've got to filter you out first, and then that's fine. But hey, Ingenious Jury Rig followed by this, I feel pretty good about that. So, huh, yeah, this is, a, this is a fun card. And and you have Kirk there? Well, screw you, you don't get anything. So eh, he can't contribute skills-wise anyways to this uh, dilemma. So, you know, I, I don't care. So, um... Now the other Kirk is fine, right? Um, no, I think I think the other Kirk would still um, the Kirk from Dangerous Missions. I think it, this wasn't prevented. I think, yeah, yeah. This says it was prevented then, so he doesn't prevent the limits. But yeah, you Kirk through it and oh, well, haha. So 
I'm, I think this is a great card, and uh, I'm looking forward to playing with it. So, cool. Non-linear existence. Space Dilemma. Cost to non-linear existence your opponent chooses a card in his or her discard pile. Unless you discard a card from hand of the same card type, randomly select a personnel to be stopped, and this dilemma returns to its owner's dilemma pile. Or, none of your past experiences helped prepare you for this consequence. Or, there can be no justice so long as laws are absolute. Oops, got a little lore mix up there. Alright, cost two, space. Randomly select a person to be stopped if you can qualify for some pretty reasonable conditions. Uh, huh. Okay. Let's listen to that again. Maybe we missed something, because this doesn't seem like a very exciting dilemma to me. Space dilemma. Cost to nonlinear existence your opponent chooses a card in his or her discard pile. Unless you discard a card from hand of the same card type, randomly select a personnel to be stopped, and this dilemma returns to its owner's dilemma pile. Or, none of your past experiences helped prepare you for this consequence. Or, there can yeah, be no okay. justice I, so long Yeah, I really don't get this. So, is it... I guess the only point of the card is to make you dis your opponent discard is to try to get your opponent to discard a card from hand. For two caught, I mean, I'd play with personal duty over this any day. I don't get it. I, sorry. Okay, I, I hope I'm wrong about this, and maybe this card is amazing in some way. But I just don't. How is this better than personal? I mean. Do we have enough nerfs in place right now for personal duty to... I mean, why why wasn't this choose a personnel to be stopped? Uh, or, you know, make your, let your opponent choose a personnel to be stopped. Randomly select a person to be stopped? No, I, I, there's better ways to do that. Sorry, guys. I mean, maybe there isn't. Maybe I'm that rusty on space dilemmas, but what is... I, I This card confuses me a lot. So... Is this a way for me to get a card out of play? You know, maybe that's the thing. Maybe, maybe you know, I don't want to play the Greasy Ducat, but I've got a dilemma that in the right circumstance will allow me to get a card out of play so that I can, what, play uh, Inner Light? Again, not Inner Light, but the next phase against you? Maybe, maybe that's the setup here. You know, this, then the next phase. Maybe that's good enough. I don't know. That must be what this is. It's an excuse for me to get a card out of play. I think that's what it... I, I don't know. Okay, so maybe that's good. Maybe that's good enough. Uh, maybe there aren't enough dilemmas that let me choose a card and put it out of play. And this gives me that flexibility. So, okay, cool. Uh, that's interesting. All right, so uh, let's do pawn against pawn. Dual dilemma. Cost for pawn against pawn your opponent returns a random personnel in his or her discard pile to his or her owner's hand. Unless you have the skills on that personnel, all your personnel are stopped. Look, look Kang, for the rest of our lives, a thousand lifetimes, senseless violence fighting, while an alien has total control over us. Cool. Alright, dual, cost four. I take a random guy from my discard pile and pop him back to hand. That's cool. Alright. Uh, so, that's fun so far. And then, and then if you don't have his skills, then you're all stopped. Right? Is, that, is that what it was? Um, 
So, okay, cool. So I'm playing with some beefy guys, and I can use my Greasy Ducat to get down to just the one guy, and if I'm good at skill tracking, then boom, this is great. So this gives me, you know, something fun to play with, and uh, it's kind of like war games, except a little less absolute because there's a randomness involved. But yeah, I could see I could see decks built around this. I could see uh, a very dedicated player trying to weed their discard pile down to the right personnel, and boom, you don't have three a- acquisition or something. I don't know if anyone has three acquisition, but great in a Frankie deck, I'll pet. This would probably be super fun in a Frankie deck. And then your opponent's not playing Frankie. It's like, well, Gozar? Nope. <laughs> Sorry. So this is great. Uh, and there are guys that have a lot of skills, so maybe uh, yeah, this, this could be a very interesting card. So I, I do foresee this seeing some play, even if it does require a lot of setup to pull off uh, with some flexibility. Alright, let's move on to Rapid Progress. Dual Dilemma. Cost 3 Rapid Progress. Your opponent removes any number of cards from his or her discard pile from the game, and names a different skill except Acquisition, Intelligence Law, or Telepathy for each different card type removed. Unless you have those skills, all your personnel are stopped. Or the same old story all over again. Cool. Alright, I'm all for this card. Cost 3, space. And then... I choose an event and interrupt a personnel on a ship. Place them out of play for my discard pile. So it's good late in the game. But it's space, and people tend to not do space late in the game. So this is a a roundabout way of punishing people who go planet first. Which is cool. I think that is... Uh, fascinating design on the designer's parts. So, so, and then I choose, you know, the four skills you don't have because, you know, uh, it's probably fairly reasonable to try to figure out which four dilemmas you don't have. So, I think this dilemma is going to definitely see some play. I don't know if we're going to see three copies of it in decks, but in a skill tracking dilemma, or a discard uh, dilemma pile, I, I throw at least one copy of this in. Definitely. Very cool card. I'm totally looking forward to playing with this. So, okay, uh, let's move on to uh, the Orb of Contemplation. Equipment, cost two, unique, Orb of Contemplation, artifact. To play this card, you must have completed a mission requiring acquisition, anthropology, or archaeology, or when your personnel present is about to be stopped or killed by a dilemma. If you have a copy of him or her in your discard pile, you may return this equipment to its owner's hand to prevent that war. But if you are prophets and you're listening, I just want to say... Okay. Yeah, this is an interesting card. I think... Dan Hammond was talking about this on Section 31 this week and said that he has, like, a nine-personnel... He has a nine-personnel deck that has a bunch of copies of the same personnel. uses the... the event that gets you mental discipline. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So this is good for your Lord of the Rings-style deck there where... You know, in Lord of the Rings, you could discard a personnel from hand to heal a wound on that same personnel. So here's here's a, a chance for you to get some 
benefit from playing with multiple copies of the same personnel. So if they're about to be stopped or killed, you just say, nope, we're good, thank you. And stop prevention is definitely something good. There is no bones about it that stop prevention is definitely interesting. It'd be interesting to see this working with Luarin, perhaps. You know, if he's about to get stopped, and I wonder if you unstop him with this and everyone else gets stopped, then you can unstop them with him. Uh, is that how it works? Or no, I don't think that's how it works. But okay. Anyway, I wonder if there's some cheesiness that it could be that could be considered here. It doesn't matter. But uh, stop prevention. Great. I, I, I think that is um, fun. Um, Bajorans, you can, you know, I can see a deck getting built around this definitely with Bajorans, but uh, there is some potential for this card all around, and I'm, I think, I think it will see some play. It's not like it's not screaming like I'm super good. Oh my god, it's the best card ever. But it is screaming. You can do some interesting things with this card. So definitely. This is a card worth taking a look at. All right, we're on to our 12th and final card of the day, the Orb of Prophecy and Change. Equipment, cost two, unique, Orb of Prophecy and Change, artifact. To play this card, you must have completed a mission requiring acquisition, anthropology, or archaeology, or when your personnel present begin a mission attempt, you may exchange a personnel present with a personnel of the same affiliation in your discard pile. If both of them could be played at the same headquarters mission you command, you may do this only once each turn. So, I, I wasn't... I didn't hear what the timing was on when you could do this, so let's try that again. Equipment. Cost 2. Unique. Orb of Prophecy and Change. Artifact. To play this card, you must have completed a mission requiring acquisition, anthropology, or archaeology, or when your personnel present begin a mission attempt, you may exchange a personnel present so with a personnel of the same that. affiliation All in right. your discard so pile. Cool. If both of them could you be. can't predict what dilemmas are going to come, but you can think about what dilemmas may come. You can go, alright, I know I don't have the personnel I need to solve right now, but I bring the orb with me and then switch out a guy and suddenly I've got the skills. This gives you some fantastic flexibility. I mean, this is a Borg Queen in a box, basically. So, I mean, the Borg Queen is strictly better, obviously, but this is a card that is full of interesting ideas. And an exchange like this, it can't be done at Bajor, so you can't couple it with the new event, but it definitely still... You know, the ability to have that flexibility to look through your discard pile and go, yes, I need this skill, or I need some more high-cost guys, uh, you know, I'm worried about pitching in. Or you could just do it, you know, you play a bunch of, you know, loser Bajorans with low cost and use it as a way to get higher-cost guys into play, I suppose. I guess if you wanted to, you could just send one guy down to a planet and mill, you know, for guys, and then on the next turn you've got a much better away team. I don't see that really being... Oh, you can only do it once a turn, so, you know, you're not going to do that. Uh, yeah, so, you're going to bring this orb with you, you're going to go, I'm turning this one-cost loser into, you know, five-cost Beryl. Um, I think there may be some use for this outside of Bajoran decks. I think... 
you know, you could turn a uh, loser guy into a Kirk, uh, or, you know, anyone that, you know, dies and has a recurring ability, like Baxter, maybe. Huge, you know, something like that. Someone who makes sense to bring back over and over again, or you have to kill them to bring them back. I think, you know, they, they, they key off of, like, a kill something, or kill myself, or discard myself to do something. This is good for potentially milling that person for extra goodies. So this card, I think, is going to be interesting, and it really does help to find, help us to see that this is a discard-centric set. Uh, there's a theme of getting something for less or nothing in this as well because it's so discard pile-themed. The discard pile is a resource in any game, and Mark Rosewater's talked about this, uh, We've all talked about it. The discard pile is a resource. You know, originally it was just a place to put cards in... I mean, even you go back to Premiere of First Edition. The discard pile, yes, you had Rescue and you had Paler Toph. And then developers and designers said, well, you know what? <laughs> let's make Hexany. And let's say, well, not only is the discard pile a thing where things go at to die and most of the time not come back, let's make it a resource to be reckoned with where you can really just get what you need. You mill through your deck and go, I don't need this right now, but I do need this right now, and we're going to get what we need. And it's a bit of a slippery slope if you're not careful, and I I do think Charlie and uh, company have been contemplative of this and and do think about things like this, So I'm, and and this is why we have playtesters. So I do hope that, you know, even though the discard pile is a place to have some fun and, in theory, just use it as a resource, I'm hoping that it doesn't get out of hand. And I feel this set as a whole, hopefully, I, I feel it, it, it hopefully won't get out of hand. Will it get out of hand? I don't know. But there's always been ways to get things out of the, re- the discard pile, especially for Bajorans, and... Bajorans have always been, in my opinion, a fairly strong affiliation, especially with the Bajoran Integrity deck and micro-teaming and all that. It's very good. Very, very good. So, uh, there are... People are going to play a lot of Bajorans after this, and we'll see why in the next few episodes. And there, this idea of getting something for nothing is strong in the set, and we're going to see... I think we're going to see a lot of new decks, and we're going to see the game shift how people play in the next few uh, months, just because there's so many goodies here uh, for people to try a lot of new things out with. All right, questions, comments, or concerns, you can give me a call at 267-CALL-CPJ, or send me a PM on the message boards at CorbinQ27. You can also shoot me an email at CorbinJohnson at me.com, and if you have anything you want to have aired on this show... Go ahead and send me a sound file there, and I'll be happy to play it for you. Until next time, when we do the next 12 cards of Return to Grace, it's Corbin Johnson signing off, saying so long and thanks for all the track.